What's up, everybody? Tales from the Plantation, Volume Forty Three. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I'm your host, Harry Tubman, leading all to freedom. We also have with us. It's your boy Tunde. That's TFTP underscore Tunde T U N D E on Twitter and Instagrams. How we doing? And we also have. It's your fave. The person that you try to hate, but you can't. It's Nezzy. You can't find me on socials because I don't want you to find me. You know, it's funny. She says you, you can't hate her because people do hate you and they've yeah. made that clear. So I'm also <laughs> what do you sure mean? that's not the definition of hate. First of all, no one's actually said they hate me. How they want you off the podcast. They said that. They want me off the podcast. She said you're annoying and she just wants like I wish you would just find somebody else. That's what she said in the comments. Did she? Are, you, are you embellishing? Well, I mean I'm embellishing suck. a bit, but she said you're annoying. She can suck her toe. <laughs> I personally, whoever the person is, I wholeheartedly agree with you. That's why I moved house. Anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> so you've caught me in a bit of a somber mood today. Um I was just reading through the uh, Grammy nominations and some of them are, you know, Jasmine Sullivan got nominated for stuff, which is, you know, great. Nice. Um, I don't know if she's going to win just because Justin Bieber is in the best R&B performance category and he'll probably win. And oh, Silk Sonic is in that category. So they'll probably Justin win. Justin Bieber got into the best R&B before. He's been trying to get in there for his whole life. Doesn't he get in there regularly? I'm sure Justin Bieber's been nominated for R&B before. Has it? I thought Justin Bieber was like upset. He did complain about it. I don't know why he's complaining because he doesn't even. He is. <laughs> I think it was the last album that he did. Oh, that was his last album. That and he, he complained really that it wasn't. Yeah, he complained that it yeah. wasn't. And I just thought, well, chill out. Like, like I don't know. I feel like for someone who's nominated for so many things, just simmer down. Like take your, Grammy and, take your Grammy and go anyway. Um, and then who else got nominated? So there's a song, a great uh, BJ the Chicago kid, PJ Morton. Uh, they did a song called Bring On Home to Me. It's like a cover of a Sam Cooke song, which is great. Uh, Kanye is nominated, which obviously for what? For what? Which, which, um, it's not best gospel, don't worry. Oh, I think it's a uh, <laughs> best, I believe it's best out, best re- record of the year, I believe. <laughs> so okay. it's so funny if you look down the list there's literally a list of like over 100 people who like contributed to the album but yeah Donda got nominated for best like uh for record of the year oh no album of the year sorry um, okay we have to make a confession at this point gone so let me just take out my proverbial tfpt rosary beads forgive me for what i have sinned I really like um, a couple of songs from Kanye's album, even though I swore I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm really, really glad to hear that. What was your favorite? What was your favorite track? I really like "Praise God." Hmm. Um. I liked "Jail" personally. I thought "Jail" was I like banger. Grid as well. Take what you I'm surprised want. you like jail because that's where you both belong, you charlatans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, jail is a dagger. Oh See, this my. is exactly this is exactly how Brother Malcolm was taken out because the people <laughs> who were supposed to be with him, yeah, Judas is 
Judas is. We had a whole movie yes. about this. Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes, it's Do you know what? Um, I actually, like, the thing I love most about Praise God is the bit at the beginning where Don DeWest is um, reciting poetry. I think, who is she reciting? I think it's, um, oh, I want to say it's Gwendolyn Brooks, but maybe it's Lucille Clifton. It's called, uh, anyway. This is what happens when you sell your, sell your standards. You start being unable to quote the giants who you really want to. You see what it is? <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's, he's eroding, eroding Tunde your... Tunde the Hotep has come out. Open Hello. your third eye, folks. <laughs> Thanks for being Open here. your third eye. Huh? <laughs> Donda Esther, your morals. <laughs> yeah, it's Gwendolyn Brooks. Sorry, I don't know what you're Gwendolyn Brooks, wow. speech to the young. Speech to the Progress Award, which I really like. As I love, love that poem. It's a great poem. Um, and just having his mark, like, I think it's a really nice song. But it doesn't stop. Kanye is so problematic. And it also brings us on to Marilyn Manson. Oh. Wow. I mean, so... <laughs> As in, because I mean, Marilyn Manson's on the... Because Marilyn Manson, the baby on the project, on that same song, Jail Part 2. Yeah. I mean, he's I mean, it's just not great. It's not great. Let's be honest. It's not not just it's not just not great. It's actually like I feel like I should I I should actually I should stop listening to that album based on association because Marilyn Manson is in a similar category to like R. Kelly, really. If we're honest, if R. Kelly is it? If, not R. Kelly because he's not Peter. Well, he's not pedophile, But if what he's been accused of being do he's of, of him doing is correct is not correct is accurate then yeah. I mean, like, what? He's because it, because rape, what? Because the, domestic violence, right? No, like, like rape. Oh, like, it's rape. Yeah. Wow, Harry. Wow. Yeah, it's tricky. And then Kanye's like, you know, Kanye's just I don't think it's annoying because Manly Man didn't even really add anything to that track. He just sings the background vocals in the chorus. With his annoying voice so i don't he could have been off the project i mean the baby thing was homophobia but i just i've stood i mean i've said this on the podcast already so my line is pedophilia that's my line and probably rape which is why the marilyn manson thing is is annoying but artists have said a whole heap of things lots of famous artists have said a whole heap of things you know but you know yeah but anyway, I still I think it was a good Kanye versus Drake. I definitely think Kanye won that round. Versus Drake, as in what? As in Drake. the comparison of the, the albums? Album. Yeah, because the albums came out at the same time. But the Drake album is, I think, a lot more forgettable. Oh, you listen to it? Okay, I'm like I listen to one song and I judge the whole album based okay. off it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's the truth. Because I was like, <laughs> I know you don't to it, so I don't know where you got it from. <laughs> yeah, but jail, so jail, jail got nominated for, which annoyingly means that Marilyn Manson got nominated, which is very tricky. I've just seen it now. So yeah, Marilyn Manson technically gets nominated because he was on like the remix of the part two version. But Drake got his album got nominated as well. Um, and Speaking Nas' of- album King's Disease got nominated. King's Disease two. There's a great song on there with Lauren Hill, actually. Um, I actually haven't listened to that. Yeah, but so putting that aside, like my issue, my issue is um, the nomination. Well, one of my issues anyway, my main issue, I should say, 
is the gospel nominations because I just feel like this category is just going it's just going down the drain like I'm seeing the nominations I'm like these tracks speak speak your mind I don't feel like these tracks are really gospel what is Christian music is a like a very broad category and for me gospel means something very specific like for me gospel is like traditional black gospel like music so that's going to be like like it's going to be you know like your Richard Small where you're Don Lawrence you're looking at that kind of music or even like traditional you know even South African gospel music if you want to broaden it but it's definitely not like just music about Jesus that has black people in it which is what they kind of seem to be doing Okay, again, um, um, I feel like we definitely should have invited Dom for another Grammy episode. Um, but can you tell me some of the names who've been nominated? So basically, it's just ele- it's just Maverick and Elevation Worship. Basically, got nominated for like half of it, like basically half of the nominations. So, for instance, Best Gospel Performance Song, Voice of God, Dante Bao, Joyful, Dante Bao, Wait on You, Elevation Worship, and Maverick City Music. Um, and then helped by Anthony Brown and Group Therapy called Never Lost by CC Winans, which was the gospel track on the album, so fine. Um, and then Best CCM, Kirk and Little Baby, Hold Us Together by Her and Torin Walls, Man of Your Word by Chandler Moyle and KJ Scriven. So again, that same camp, Believe for It, CC Winans, and then Gyra, Elevation Worship in Maverick City, and then Best Gospel Album, Jubilee, Juneteenth Edition, Maverick City Music. Tasha Cobbs, J.K. Car, John McReynolds and Marley Music, which I think is right and believe for it, CeCe Winans. So it's just like, oh, and then again, in best contemporary Christian music album, Elevation Worship from Maverick City Music, Old Church Basement, and you've got The Blessing, Carrie Job, Citizen of Heaven, Torrin Wells, Israel Newbreed, Feels Like Home, No Stranger, Natalie Grant. So I have no problem with it, with Maverick cleaning up CCM stuff. That's fine to me, like I think makes sense. Gospel though, nah. Sorry. No, that Jubilee, that Jubilee record, I love that Jubilee record. It's been on repeat. But I wouldn't classify, I mean, there's some songs that are gospel, but it, I wouldn't classify that as a gospel record, like at all. Yeah, but to me, it just negates like the other like real great gospel. Like real great that, gospel artists, yeah. I just think I don't know if I was a gospel artist seeing these nominations, I'd be like I'd be so annoyed. I'm not gonna I'd lie. Be like, hey, you're telling me that map you like I get that Maverick are really like they're putting out loads of content and they're really like they're doing well. And I'm sad, cele- like I'm they're, celebrating they're it. Like, I think it's great, but I don't think their content has been enough for them to warrant like sweeping everything. Like I don't know. Like I think Jonathan Nelson put out a great, like um a great project, the reunion. Um, I think Jason Nelson put out a great project residue. Like there's been people who've been releasing projects like I don't see how this has suddenly been like oh this is the best like gospel like there's gospel songs which I think if we if you if you weren't just if if the people who were doing the nominating whatever weren't just going off what's the most famous songs at the moment like I feel like they'd have picked something like um what's that track uh escaping me now any day now by Vincent Bohannon has been like that track is is crazy like there's just so like there's just so much stuff or like manifest by jonathan Nelson, the remix i was just it. gonna say manifest the remix like, as well. on, <laughs> like this yeah. is i don't understand where it's not just like 
John, but there's so many people. I'm just like, why? I feel yeah, like Maverick City has a certain appeal. Like, because I, this is my genuine opinion. I feel like Maverick City, they're not, it's not traditional gospel music. I feel like it's got enough gospel in it that why people think it's gospel music and yeah. it's more palatable, palatable to them than like traditional gospel. That's what I think it is. And it's not that when I say that, I don't mean that as a disrespectful way to Maverick City because I love Maverick City, but Maverick City is like crossover as in like, you, you can like Maverick City, especially with the younger generation, it's like white, young white Christians, young black Christians, like everybody listens to it. Whereas like, you know, like Jason, um, Jonathan, Jonathan, not Jonathan Reynolds, um, Jason Nelson is a bit more. He sits in the gospel, like white people are not listening like, he to sit, that. Like white people don't know about Jason Nelson like that. And probably. there's a reason like why all the nominations were like stuff that white people probably might, apart from. Yeah, Anthony like Brown, Elevation really. Worship and stuff like that. It's, and it's also the same kind Cobbs. of. Definitely, like, again, Tasha Cobbs. I love Tasha Cobbs, but I actually prefer Tasha Cobbs' old stuff. Like, I don't really listen to her new stuff at all. Yeah. And it's definitely crossover music. Like, it's music that white white Christians listen to. Whereas, like, in white churches, you're not hearing manifests, right? Like, that's not being played. Apart from maybe some traditional, like, maybe... I don't know, like traditional old school Pentecostal churches in the South, I'm assuming. I don't know much about that much about American culture, but from what I can see, like some of the more traditional old school conservative white churches, actually, you know, Southern gospel music, there's some kind of overlap there. But the vast majority of like the newer CCM type churches are not playing traditional, that, not traditional, not just traditional gospel, but like even modern gospel music. So basically, the families have, have nominated, have like, give, you know, nominated stuff that has massive crossover appeal. Which is like fair enough, but I don't feel like it's authentic to what gospel music actually is. You know what? I think just because even me, I'm getting a bit lost because I'm like, what is CCM? Um, but I think what this really does help is a wider conversation about how a lot of these award show categories aren't being updated as quickly as the industry itself. So I think similar criticisms that you've got here um, have been have been pointed towards the Mobos this year, where um, what was it the reggae reggae category where you had Sean Paul probably needs the more subcategories for gospel music in its as you would call it purest form versus system which again, I feel at some point, one of you is going to have to explain what CCM actually is. Um, but equally, uh, there's no dance category, dance music category um, in the MOBOs for things like, uh, I can't remember whether it was, yeah, for Garage, for Amapiano, for uh, South African, uh, what's it called? House, House, it was House specifically, I think, um, which been missing so i suppose I'll, I'll hand back up to the music heads but I just to bring want to bring our, our listeners along with us and out from the specifics of ccm yeah yeah i mean like ccm is contemporary christian music like i feel like it's basically Thanks. like just like think coldplay but christian or something i don't know that's a good example acoustic, acoustic guitar minimal band Three well, seconds. no, no, min- no band like, like rocking out kind of thing, but it's just not like it's not black gospel with like some, you know, some real vocals and 
you know it's, it's not it's not it's not like that and so I feel like that is because of because of who's voting that distinction is not being made but yeah like you said like with Mobos they screwed up the reggae category they screwed up the gospel category like they nominate Kurt Franklin for best gospel act like it's just like no he's not done anything the last year I'm the biggest Kurt fan but he just hasn't like that's not a diss to Kurt that's just he hasn't like there's other people who's done more so they should and Kurt wouldn't even be this for that. He'd just be like, I haven't put out yeah. a record. Yeah, so. put out a record. So it's <laughs> and like they're nominating based on just like, <laughs> oh, this is, this is the guy I've heard of most, so he must be the most popular. Okay, so that's good. That's okay. what it feels like. Yeah. So pivoted, like talking about um, like music, staying on this subject. Uh, obviously, we spoke about Jasmine Sullivan and like how, you know, it's good that she got nominated because for a lot of times she's been under, you know, she's been overlooked and um, sort of underrated, even though she's like, I don't know, one of the best singers around. Um, but talking about that, Adele obviously released the project and Nezi, I know you have some thoughts in this. I'm just going to put my opinion out there. I think people are pretending to like her more than she than they are than they actually do. I think there's no way right. you guys like her that much. It's ridiculous. There's I'm no sorry. way. It's impossible. Adele, I just don't believe it. I feel like Adele, I love Adele's voice. I think Adele's a great singer. I think she's got a great person. I like Adele is one of the few white women who sings quote unquote socially. I don't even like that. I think Adele, I don't think Adele is one of the people who like she's not, I wouldn't say she culturally appropriate or anything like that. But I'm saying she's one of the, the few white singers who's put in that category, you know what I mean? who I feel like is pretty much unproblematic. Um, she's got a great voice. Her first two albums, like, I like a lot of the songs of them. I just think this album is, like, dry. I just think it's musically. I just think it's boring. I don't think vocally she does anything. From what the, well, I haven't listened to every single song yet, but from the songs that I've heard, I don't feel like musically she's doing anything, like, super interesting or innovative or stretching herself like I just and I honestly feel like everybody's like all the critics are like this is her best album yeah and I'm like you can't be serious like it's just not um I think the lyrical content resonates with a lot of people especially who are older or not even just older but maybe like late 30s 40s 50s who've been through divorce and so I think people I are connected I feel you need to have been through a divorce to resonate with it no, I'm not saying you have to be, but I'm just saying a lot of the people I'm seeing talking about are like, not just divorce, but like failed, like failed relationships. So I feel like people are connecting to the, the lyrical content in terms of like, she's talking from the heart and it's raw emotion about when a relationship fails and how that makes you feel and how it turns your world upside down and like all that kind of stuff. And so I get that connection and why people are saying that's amazing. But like take, and I know music is a totality of everything between the lyrics, but on a music basis, like in terms of the actual songs, in terms of, I just think it's a, I think it's most a, a mostly boring album. Her voice is so, it's, it's lovely. So I feel like you can put her on any song. And because her voice carries so much emotion in, in her voice, you can still, you know, enjoy it. But I just don't think it's great. Like, I just think it's an okay, it's just a mediocre album. And don't get twisted. Like Adele is, she can sing and she's a great songwriter. Like that's, this is not what I'm debating here. But I'm just saying, I don't think people, I think people potentially are pretending to like her more than, because I'm like, when I think about, and I think, you know, partly I may be salty because I just found out that she that she managed to win a MOBO back in the day for best UK RB soul act. And maybe I'm just salty about that. 
but I just think that is just that's just wild. I just think that's unbelievable. I don't know who who did that, who's responsible for that, but whoever it is, you should never be able to nominate anyone for anything ever again. That's just wrong. But to be fair, her older, her older oh, music was God. was more. She did more in that. I would say more that leads to more, more of that category. Yeah. Than, but then this album is definitely not. I wouldn't say it's R and B or soul at all. But, yeah, and this shout out to her, but I'm just like. She to me, I just think she's an example of a white woman that's been elevate that's been elevated not because and she's not that she's not good, but we overlook black people who could do exactly who do the exact same thing better. Honest, Jasmine Sullivan's album was so good, like it was, and then that's what I mean when I say Jasmine Sullivan's album was musically so exciting. If you listen even to the vocals on "Pick Up Your Feelings." Those vocals are so good from everything. Like they're just amazing, and they're not—they're not just good, but they're aspirational vocals. Like as someone as a singer who listens to it, you, you listen to that song as a singer, and you're just like, "Like I want to be able to sing like that." Do you know what I mean? Like even even the best, even Brandy would will listen to the way Jasmine Sullivan does runs and be like, "I'm going to listen and study that." Adele, who is vocally amazing, and I would love to be able to have Adele's voice, but I don't listen to when when she's on this album. There are things that she's doing vocally to me that are interesting, and I'm not just talking about runs, but I just there's nothing interesting really. But maybe we're past. Maybe we're past that as a thing. So I suppose the the question I was going to ask as a follow up to that is: Are you looking for something that the awards aren't designed to give? So you're both talking about the lack of recognition for talent and performance compared to what looks like recognition for strong commercial performance. So whether it is Kanye and Donda, whether it's Drake's album, I don't actually know what it was called. Sci-fi um, lover boy. Sure. Apparently whether it's Adele's uh, latest album, I think it was interesting seeing Adele's take on uh, the approach to the industry and that focus on uh, getting essentially what I consider to be the Drake model of making the song that people are going to make TikToks to and just writing, uh, just writing an album that speaks to the generation that's one up from that right and i think that's the same her strategy is exactly the same as silk sonics neither album because weirdly i and this is this is a separate segue i realize i actually don't listen to albums the way apparently the rest of twitter and the world do um i find songs i like songs i save songs but I said, hold up as in wait as in you don't listen to the album straight through I, 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 yeah i'll rarely i'm I'm not the person who's there sat waiting for albums and being like oh i can't wait to listen to this whole project if i find a song and i like it cool but i'm not an album person but i, I do, think to be honest i think that's how i think that's how most people listen to it i think people on twitter pretend that they do but i think clearly based there's, on there's numbers and how people do things there's definitely something to just there's definitely some album people. I think, I mean, your album people. 
<laughs> like I'm looking no, no, at no, no. I'm saying there are some, but not as many as people make out. Like I think no, people on Twitter want to be uh, make out that they're high culture and so elevated for every single thing in life. So according to them, they're all listening to full albums. They're all taking art history classes. <laughs> they're all doing pottery. They're all reading um, Ernest Hemingway all the time. Like whatever. You guys have jobs. Ernest Hemingway. What's it? Are you on? Like, oh, you don't appreciate things and like, and like, it's just like, no, I don't believe that you're, I don't believe that you're that deep. Sorry. But I'd, I'd, as long as you guys aren't listening to albums on shuffle, I'm okay. But you can't do that. That thing is wrong. That's really wrong. You should never listen to an album on shuffle ever. That's like the worst thing you can do. It's really okay. not. Sorry. I think I feel like we interrupted Tinder. Go ahead, Tinder. Uh, no, I mean it was it was the it was the point about both Silk Sonic and Adele going down the route of yeah the the focus is on music that's going to sell, but they just picked a different audience than the newer rappers or those who are trying to focus on the youngest generation. And I, you've you like been saying folk I, music basically. Yeah, I feel like listening to this same conversation that we had this time last year when the nominations came out i don't feel like anything has drastically changed in the industry to suggest that the focus of the awards and the award shows would have shifted from celebrating commercial success because like for example let's say let's say jasmine sullivan did win uh i don't know best R&B, soul, whatever. How many people are going to come out going, who? How did she win? What does this even mean? But see, I think that's a good... But to me, I think that's a good thing. Like, I think you should be... at When it comes to music awards, I should hear... I should look at musicals and it should be the best person in that category. So even if I don't know, it's like, oh, I get put onto that person. Like, I remember when Esperanza spoiled a... Esperanza Spalding beat Justin Bieber and Best New Artist. I think this is like 08 or something like that. And everyone's like, who did it? How could she be out Justin Bieber? Blah, blah. But she was the best. And she she is amazing. Like Esperanza Spalding is Esperanza Spalding is a bass player plus slash singer slash composer. She's like literally incredible. But I think you should like just nominate the best person for the category, regardless of. And I think at times the Grammys have done well in doing that. So when they don't, it's kind of annoying because it's like, well. I know that you guys can do this. And I know because people say the Grammys as if it's like just random people, like the nominations are based on like music, like singers and musicians and like people in the industry who nominate these people and mm. like who vote. So it's like, what, who are the people that's voting like in some of these categories? But anyway, as, aside from that, the Adele conversation, like such Sonic, like, listen, I'm not knocking it. Like, I think Adele is a great singer and songwriter. I just thought when I, I listened to like two tracks and I was just like, I can't make it through the rest of this thing. This is just not, and maybe it's just not for me. It might just not be for me, but I thought, I don't understand how you guys. And it might also be a life stage thing as well. Go on. I was say, it might be a life stage thing as well, because I feel like. Maybe. What makes a good, what makes a good album makes, makes a good song is not just the music and whether it's interesting. It's also just like how people connect to it. Right. So you can have a lot of different criteria to measuring whether a song is good or not. You can have a good yeah. song that's musically maybe like not the most interesting or innovative, but it's so catchy and it captures the mood of, of the moment or the time period in time. Like, you know, like, or just even something like, like I love Bob Dylan, like right? Bob Dylan, 
I think he's great. But it's, for me, it's also the way he captured the mood of the time. So, so when you listen to the Times I are changing, or you listen to like Oxford Town, he, and he's capturing like some of the moods in terms of like civil rights at the time and whatever. But yeah. like maybe not the most musically interesting some people. But I think and so maybe what Adele is doing is tapping into a mood of the time that a lot of people are connecting with. And I just don't particularly connect with that. But I would say. I stand on my point. I still think it's a bit of a boring album, like musically. Like, I just think it is. And I think, um, I think I agree with you, um, Harry, that with the Grammys, I feel like for me, the function of award shows is is not about popularity or best sales. For me, it's about like musician. For me, when I think of what I want an award show to be, I want musicians and artists, like artists, to come together and be like, what is a great piece of art? And then award it to the what they think is the greatest piece of art in that category, even if it's not the most famous or the, the worst. Which is why I remember when Adele um, won the Grammy, and she was like, "I don't deserve this. I feel like it should have gone to Beyonce's yeah, sure. Lemonade album." Because what she was saying is, artistic, like what that was was in terms of what it meant, the significance of the time, and what the work that was put into it and what was produced. And as it was a great piece of art in her mind and it deserved to win and I and, I, and that's one, actually one of the reasons I really respect Adele when she said that but like she was like it, it was a great piece of art and I feel like that's what it should be it should be about great art not about popularity so moving on from music there's <laughs> there's a few things I want to talk about it's, it's been them, a bit it's been a bit of a busy season it's for me busy one of the things is um did you guys see the um, ZZ Mills, White Yardy, uh, Dame Baptiste whole thing? The whole oh, father, father, father. Um, I will. I'll let you. I'll. I'll let Tunde start off this one. What did you? Did you? Did you see it? First of all, let me I, ask you that. I mean, I did. As an African, I was loving <laughs> the fact that you Caribbeans are fighting amongst yourselves. <laughs> Destroy yourselves internally. Let the Africans win the war. <laughs> <laughs> That's a one. That's a one nil to to the to Africans. There, the Caribbeans have taken a, a big L. Uh, I loved it at this point. Um, so, I mean, what did you? Yeah, maybe as an outsider, it's interesting just to hear your perspective. Uh, well, I definitely from an outsider because I know that when it's not my business, I have no need to tweet about it. Um, so I was enjoying watching all the tweets and seeing. <laughs> The two main camps of arguments, which were the, uh, you know, what I think it's three, three main camps. Yeah, white people aren't Jamaican. Uh, camp two was people need to learn to separate nationality from race. I should be putting these in the Caribbean accent, uh, Jamaican accent, but I feel like I'm going to respect you guys for this. Just for this <laughs> respect this everyone's ears and please don't. Please. All right, now we're like, we're not gonna respect nothing. We're not gonna respect none of you. All right. What is that? Listen, I'm like deliberately terrible. Nelson. It's deliberately terrible. Okay. Eh? Wow. And hey, what are you saying? Hey, what are like you saying? <laughs> 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 um, and then camp three, which I believe was largely the two of you. Um how dare you get distracted by these asinine arguments when we should be focusing on the people who are being deported from this country back to a country that they never knew? Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are those are the three main camps. And <laughs> I was like, I 
wasn't in that last camp. I was actually in my own camp, fourth camp, which is as usual. I had a unique. N- Nezzy, I'm going to be honest. You, it, okay. Everything's not about you. Okay, this was my point. I put you in a third <laughs> camp. That's where you fit. Put you in the camp. You in the camp. All right, Nezzy. So what? Did, okay. What was your camp according to your? I didn't actually say anything about deep, deep deportation. So I, that's why I said I wasn't in that camp. My camp was this. Clearly, there's a difference between race and nationality and and ethnicity. Clearly, White Yardi is a Jamaican. I, I don't think there's a. I don't understand why that's even a conversation. He is a Jamaican. Like he has a Jamaican accent. He's from Jamaica. He's Jamaican. But the the point is not. That, I think that this is an entire distraction. But the question, the conversation that we really should be moving on to is why do white Jamaicans in Jamaica still hold so much privilege and power in a country in which they are the minority? That would have been a great conversation. That would have been a great we conversation. were too busy defending a white man. How, 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 the, how Jamaica and the rest of the Caribbean essentially functions as a pigmentocracy with white people at the top and biracial mixed people kind of, and Indian people somewhere in the middle and then the darkest, most people who are, who are, who are phenotypically most closest to sub-Saharan Africans being at the bottom. That is a conversation to be had. Not whether these people are Jamaican or not. I mean, it's, it, in fact, frankly, I don't care. I don't care if he's the president of Timbuktu. The point is that there is a social hierarchy in the Caribbean based on race, which is a legacy from slavery and colonialism, which needs to be dismantled. And that we need to stop allowing white Jamaicans to dominate um, an entire country when they are the descendants of, a lot of them are descendants of slave masters. Not debating whether they're Jamaican or not. not like none of us who are, who are currently Jamaican are indigenous to Jamaica. We might have, a few of us might have some indigenous blood in us, but the vast majority of us don't have indigenous blood. Like the original Car- like Arawak Indians and Caribs that killed it off. So, like, it doesn't really matter because there is no, it's not like, it's not like being African or whatever. You're not indigenous to that land. All of us were imports either by slavery Mm -hmm. or indentured servitude or by being slave masters the conversation is now since we all come from all these different like you know reasons we've been here what are the hierarchies exist today and why are we continuing as black jamaicans to elevate whiteness in our country yeah but i just think it's a it just happens with everything right like if a white person is doing something and I, i think yeah if a white person is doing something from another like from our culture whatever where we like the I guess we like to include people like or we like the fact that it's like oh this is different white men white people don't you don't usually speak like that or whatever so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a novelty and obviously white yardy that's his trades off that like when I say trades off that he gets you know his brand is is built on that whether he's like, you know, I'm, I am just a white Jamaican and I'm funny. The fact is that just instantly, because he is a white Jamaican and he speaks like that, he's going to get far because, you know, it's a novelty. That's, that's just, that's just the fact. Um, and I'm not saying he doesn't acknowledge his privilege in any way. He probably does. And like, I don't know. I don't really know anything about him. I've got, it's not really to do with him per se. My issue is the, with the reaction of people. And the fact that this was a conversation for like four or five days. But when there's a protest about, Jamaicans there was like 20 30 40 people there like Jamaicans actually getting like people black people British people here getting deported back to Jamaica when they've literally lived there for maybe like five ten years and they're getting they're getting deported back some of them not even criminals and we have all the time in the world 
to be defending a white man all day online. To be fair though, social media always had a continuous like we often in the black social media continue conversations for like five days. Over no, no, and the thing process. is, which is, but at, at, at a certain point, photographer at your wedding to sure, you know, but at a certain point, at a certain point, we have to start thinking, we have to start doing better. I'm sorry, but this the conversation about Jamaicans, the, Jamaicans are being deported like regularly, like people that's happening regular. Like for us to sit there and defend a, defend one random white man, to me, is for that long to me is is just completely just just unbelievable to me um but uh, yeah i i feel like it was it went on for way too long then dane and white yardy got into it which was <laughs> interesting i don't know embarrassing are you not embarrassed that was that's what i that mean was. i don't know man it just all seemed it just all seemed a bit weird it was just like yeah cool i don't know it's all a bit out in the open and whatever but you know everything's gone back, gone back to normal. I feel like the com- the better conversation to have, like you said, Leslie, was around pigmentocracy and talking about like you know the issues that we the issues that we're currently facing in this country. But maybe that, that's probably too much to ask for. You know, a show. What's the show called? On something. Uncomplicated. On what? Uncomplicated. Uncomplicated. That's not what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they? What's this, what's Easy Mill show called? Sorry, no. Pass. Contra- I can't remember. <laughs> it said pass. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't. But can I just? This is um pivot slightly. You know, everyone's been talking about what gives them the ick. Yeah. Can I say as of what gives me the ick? Go on. Any man who I find asking another man to come outside and fight them. Gives me the, <laughs> gives you the but that's that's alpha that is alpha male activity. Are you basically it's not, not attracted it's very to, it's very basic. You're not attracted to, to to uh to alpha males, is what I'm Sensei, um, has you have you ever asked someone to meet you outside? For what? <laughs> he said for what? <laughs> he said for what? For to food fight. <laughs> <laughs> to for fight. Maybe, have you ever been like meet me outside? Oh, like come outside, let's do this outside. To fight? Wait, is it in person or online? Either in person or online. No, I, yeah, you're right. I don't know why I asked the question because neither of those situations has ever happened. I know. I don't know why you did either. <laughs> can, I, can I say though? I feel like it's no, worse. no. But I mean, I'm just, because this is what I'm saying though. Like, it gives Lizzie, me. Don't you think it's worse online though? It's worse to do online. It's worse online. I feel like it's so. How can you go on it? How can you slide another man's DMs? <laughs> that's what was happening this is what the situation devolved into and so men sliding into other men's dms to ask to meet them like, that gives me the ick i'm sorry <laughs> sliding into a man's dms to say listen we're gonna do this i mean i mean it's, i feel like it, at least it's better to do it in the dms than to do it publicly Either way, actually, well, maybe it's better in the DMs. But what what the icky part is when you send in the DMs and then one of you leaks it to the public in a screenshot. Yeah, that's like like some kind of Instagram model beef. (laughs) Like a bad B. He was all up in my DMs saying he gone. Yeah, it's a bit bit much. But um, I mean, shout out to both of them. Hopefully, they've just resolved this and uh, moved past it. And hopefully at some point, 
we can have those kind of conversations in a better way. I mean, now that we have Twitter spaces, maybe now all this time that we've said, ah, oh, we can't have those conversations on Twitter because we don't have the characters, we don't have the, the nuance or the da-da-da-da. It's better to have, to have the conversation. Now we have time to, now we, uh, we have Twitter spaces, which is now Clubhouse 2.0, basically. Um, and also Facebook are doing their own thing. I've seen that DJ Khaled and Kurt Franklin are going to be having a conversation today. So um, have you guys been in Twitter spaces? Have you checked out any of the rooms yet? Is it just uh, lockdown 20? Is it just circle lockdown 2020 sort of vibes or what? Yeah, this is the thing. Like, I I have found that very boring. Like, lo- Clubhouse last year was interesting for the first couple of weeks. There were a good few rooms. And then the moan room started. And I was like, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> And then I saw this week. You're talking about the Sideman era. What's what Birmingham Sideman? Yeah, Birmingham Sideman. Yeah, on, yeah. On... yeah, yeah, that time. I was out. Um, but then what's it called? This week I saw there's a room of people just sounding like monkeys. A space, sorry, not a room, because a space of what? I think the space was called Let's All Sound Like Monkeys. Um, and again, I said, cool, I'm going to head out. That's I, great. I, it just sounds racist. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it because it could have been black. No, I repeat that. I missed that. Who, it, just feels, who, it feels racist. I believe what? it was run by black people. Hold on. Eh? Hold on. Um, I'm sure. Sorry, who said who sounded like monkeys? No, no, they said let's all room. sound like monkeys. Let's all sound what? like monkeys. Well, as like a communal activity, like meditation or something. <laughs> she said meditation. Uh, <laughs> no, I can understand. You know, they're just like, let's all send positive energy to so and so. So it's called Space Where We Pretend to Be Monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, uh, I, think, I think it was mostly, well, based on the pictures in it. It's mostly black Americans. I feel like that's the death of society in real time. <laughs> We're witnessing. I'm the just death so confused. In real time. You know what? Like they used to, you know, like, I feel like back in the day, people used to be more ashamed about being weird. And I'm I understand that now everybody wants to express themselves. And it's the thing about you should just be who you are. No, sometimes you should. But I feel like we need to bring back being sh- some shame about shame. being weird. Like you can be who you are, but you can also not be so weird. Yeah, shame's important still. Shame is There's a bit of shame. Like, I f- I fully support bringing back shame because a lot of these people out here have no shame. They're shameless okay. people, <laughs> embarrassing themselves, their families, their friends. Embarrassment <laughs> to come out here. I'll be doing all of this nonsense. I said, don't worry. I don't need space. I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. No, bring back. Bring back shame. Absolutely bring back shame because... Speaking of shame, mm-hmm. did you guys see um, Sideman's video about um, the whole... No, I'm single sorry. Mom. I'm going to be like that. I'm going to be like that little, the white kid that was defending Brett, uh, Britney... Leave side man alone. <laughs> <laughs> you, listen, shall I tell you one thing I didn't understand, right? 
whatever you not think about this this sideman brother at the end of the day isn't he doing exactly the same thing that all these podcasters and everyone else do why does everyone dislike him so much this is what i'm trying to understand because he does the same thing as so many other people he chats about people are like, oh, why is he writing in the notes app about celebrities da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. i mean loads of people like loads of people chat about other people's business and celebrities business all the time like i don't yeah. see why is it so different and his it's his whole thing he's an influencer that's his i don't it's kind of his job not his job but he's created he a job around job. he's created yeah. a job around talking about people i mean I, I feel like that's literally what any job in media is these days or always yeah, yeah. he's chatting about people isn't it so why is yeah. it so bad when he does it even though he's been, he's, even if you don't like his opinions it's just you know what I, I i'm starting to feel like i have i'm i'm in a trough moment at the moment mm-hmm. so like a peak of social media activity was when i was like oh yeah i'm i'm aware of everything that's happening i know who all these people are and why they're why people are upset at them i don't really understand sideman uh cz mills Literally, the last thing I'd heard of Zizi Mills before this controversy was uh, the movie that she's going to be in. Uh, what? Yeah, there's there's like a Black Christmas movie in the UK. I can't. Are you <gasps> telling me the truth? Oh my gosh, we can't! I can't wait. We have to see it for Christmas. Hold on. Black yeah, Christmas. it's going to the one with the dark skin girl. It's going to be the love interest for once. Well, she's a love interest along with Leanne Pinnock from Little Mix, but whatever. Yeah, um, but I, I saw that and I was like, "Oh, that's great! Look at us coming round to celebrate something positive." And then everything just breaks down again. And I feel like once it breaks down, I genuinely just stop caring because I'm like, eh, in a few weeks, she's going to be a hero again, and then she'll be the villain again. And the same thing for Sideman because if if I'm not mistaken, he was championed for uh, standing up for women at some point during the lockdown and now he's being lambasted because he's in women's business. <laughs> well, this is, a, <laughs> this is the thing. I feel like um, a lot of men hate Sidemen historically because they thought he was like a, a, okay. a man with me. Sorry, like a sorry yeah. stop, 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 stop. Daisy, you said historically. In the social media cycle, a year you know, it's thing, true. It's, it's, it's a historic yeah. like a year ago or six months ago is historically, right? <laughs> so historically, Sideman his you know, he's a simp, according to a lot of black men. He's a you know he's always you know, yeah, big enough and blah blah being a being a male pick me. And then I feel like maybe he's trying to I don't know, like redeem his um, standing with men by uh, picking a woman a little bit. I don't know, but it doesn't seem to be working because, according to men, you just shouldn't be in women's business at all. Because, like, why would you, why would you um, lower yourself to be in the business of a woman? Um, so I don't know. I just think, like, for the the thing with the the um, and Zizi Mills, I don't speak badly with Zizi Mills because I just think, first of all, she's a dark skinned black woman, so I try not. I'm trying not to be too like whatever harsh because I know everyone's going to judge her harshly anyway secondly I just feel before I thought uh, ZZ Mills was just somebody who just said things for controversy like just 
to generate conversation. But now I just think ZZ Mills just, I think she genuinely probably just speaks her mind and it just doesn't always necessarily chime with what everybody's thinking or, and she, I don't think she's, and I don't mean this in any disrespect, I don't think she's she's someone, she doesn't strike me as the kind of person who reads lots of articles and reads lots of books and then formulates an opinion. She strikes me as the kind of person who wakes up in the morning and just thinks, you know what? Yeah, I don't like green cats. And that's it. And she just tells the readers like green cats. And if the rest of the world thinks yellow cats, uh, green green cats are the best, then she just takes the the beating and keeps it moving. Is what it is. I feel like with Sideman, um, this whole new thing about like holding the community accountable, I think is always kind of trying to do like being like, you know, we're glorifying single mums too much and we're making babies with the wrong people and blah 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 and I feel like I see what he's trying to do but I just don't think he's going about it in the right way and I don't think it's having the impact that he it needs to have and do you think it's linked to the just the way that social media works at the moment where it's about first not best first not best so a lot of the for time, sure first not best and loudest and also most controversial and and the and also is, not nuanced yeah the more they post regardless of whether there is consistency regardless of whether the reaction will be the same i don't think necessarily there is i i, I feel like the strategy isn't to have a consistent position it is to have regular interaction right and so regular interaction just requires regular posting and there are going to be some days yeah the irony is in us not in us not recognizing just how diverse our individual or our group thought is we actually fail to recognize why we are so divided into such clear camps that don't that are fluid, fluid but clear camps. So I've I've basically done a Jordan Peterson and done a lot of words there. What I'm trying to say, yeah. What I'm trying to say basically is because none of us fits neatly into a box of these are the people I will always agree with but social media works purely in black and white. We always feel like we're on the other side of a uh, argument. And exactly. that means that people like Sideman will flip from hero to villain. But the reality is those groups that are on either side aren't always the same groups. They are, there's fluidity within those groups. It's just, we don't recognize it because in the moment, all we see is us versus them. And I also think there's just a culture on social media of and one thing that Simon did say, which I actually agree with, is that there is a there is a lack of accountability just in general. Like in general, I feel like everyone's locus of control is now external rather than internal. So everything like life happens to people. It's a weird combination of you can create the life that you want. So there's this whole thing about manifesting and the secret and like creating the life that you want in a way that's actually quite toxic. And then it and then it does like a 180 degree flip in certain kind of situations where it's like, none of this is your, like none of this is your fault. None of this is anything that you could have 
change or like this happened to you. And I agree with him on that. And so for those of you who were basically missed the conversation, he was just talking about um he was talking about basically who you choose to partner with and having children and stop having children with people that are like terrible and toxic or whatever, but in a quite a harsh way. Um and that's when they were saying it basically split people. People were pretty much either like, you know, he's right, we need to be held accountable, or they were like, you're a misogynist and you are you like you're blaming women for stuff that they can't be blamed and you people go through emotional trauma and people trauma bond and that's why they're in these situations and how dare you blame them for something that's outside of their control and actually what i also think of social media which like to back on Nintendo's point is that the people who actually comment like when people are feeling conflicted or they have nuance or they don't come down on either side they tend not to comment mm. Yeah, exactly. because the the comments that get the most like pinned or that get that get the most traction are the ones that are either either for or against, right? So you're either like, I totally agree with you, blah blah blah, you're on point, or you're like, what you said was disgusting, and I, like I thought you were this, but I'm following you, blah blah blah. But the comments that might actually be like, well, actually, I think you had some good points here, but I think what you said here was actually a bit problematic. But then actually, I do take your point about this. But having said that, this point, I, that that feels a bit misogynistic there. But then, but then actually, what you said here was like that comment, which might have all that nuance, is probably not going to get necessarily the likes or whatever. So it actually forces you, in a way, to either come down on a side or just to abstain from the conversation. Exactly. I mean, yeah, social media wouldn't be particularly interesting if it was just a lot of people going. You know what? I have no opinion on this. Send. Like it is. It's it's the blessing and the curse of it. But I think it does end up with situations where, yeah, the the social media world, or as as Mark Zuckerberg would like us to call it, the metaverse, just isn't a true representation of the actual world that we live in and the people who exist within it. I don't think so anyway. No, I've been on a Twitter break and actually it's been so good for my mental health. And actually it's made me realise more and more how how many people on Twitter just say crazy things. It's just some, some of it just, and I think it sucks us all into the vortex of just being outraged and angry and you have to comment on things first. You don't, you actually don't have to like you cannot have opinions and stuff you can just leave it out like there's been times I've thought oh, I want to say this and I'm just like actually I don't have to actually I'll just keep I'll keep that one to myself and yeah we've had them I've like, typed I, I the problem and deleted it just been like and then just been like actually what was I reading the other day I read something in pub and the bible and it was like um it's that weird one where it's like if you answer a fool in his folly then like you're as bad as a fool and then the next verse is like if you do not answer a fool in his folly he'll remain a fool and it seems like it's contradictory but what it's basically saying is there's a time to correct people or like offer your opinion and there's a time to just not bother and often on social media i feel like a lot of the time is the time to yeah to not bother which i'm not always good at doing but yeah no point um in other news has the the weather's been going a bit bit wild did anyone i don't know if, if anyone felt it but there was like a wild temperature drop like two weeks ago was it two weeks ago or a week ago and i just felt it like hardcore 
Wasn't like that around the time? Wasn't that around the time that COP twenty six men then were arriving? Something like that. Yeah, just Mother Nature went. Ah, oh, you know what? Dead this. I'm. I'm, I'm not tired <laughs> anymore. Just Turn to freeze. <laughs> End it all. Yeah, I think the climate um, thing is really like. To be honest, I just stopped reading about it again. That's another thing that's just like people. It's, it's become too depressing. I've just accepted the fact that my grandchildren might not have a planet, and it is what it is. It is what it is. The other thing as well is just obviously the. I don't really know the. I don't even know if there's much to say about the Tories. Really, like, what is there not to say about the like the scandals and just Hold the on, general just... corruption? One second. I'm gonna I'm gonna let my friend Tory Tim onto the uh, onto the mic. Tim. Well, quite frankly, I I, I don't believe there's a story to be told here. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Conservative Party have have been up, upright and forthwith on all of their corruption. Right? How can they be corrupt when they've made it blatantly obvious? Huh? Corruption <laughs> happens in secret. What this is is very clear successful politics in a second job (laughs) (laughs) personally i feel it's all been a bit blown out of water so you know all right most of the conservative uh ministers are on a a salary that's already close to the top 10 percent of 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 uh of the salaries across the country but think about it how does one afford a trip to both the maldives and Mykonos <laughs> or eighty thousand pounds a year. Think about it. <laughs> Just start it. Does not make sense. So personally, I I, I understood. I understood their decisions, and uh, I stand by it. And, you know, unless Keir Dharma doesn't, in which case is disgusting. <laughs> Do you know what I think is wild? Yeah, I think it was Andrew Rosendale, this MP, who was like, "Yeah, you know, the twenty pounds a week for extra for universal credit a week, um, you know." Yeah, they want it, but they can probably live without it. And then when it comes to eighty thousand pounds and second jobs, oh well, we've got to think. You know, some of them have families. <laughs> just taking a piss. <laughs> but the thing is, what he's realised, and this is what people, every left wingers, just need to understand: it's over. Unless left wing parties unite, it's over. The Tories have, like, even if you look at the polling numbers, do you know how minuscule the lead that Labour has is? Like. In a month, that's going to change back. Like, no one's going to care about this in like two months, six months, yep. a year. And by the time election comes around, no one cares. Like, he, they literally will say one thing to poor people and then hoard money for themselves. Like, eighty thousand pounds a year is one thing, but they also get expenses as well. That's the other thing. Like, yeah. do you know what that makes me? That's the thing that makes me the most vexed is that actually, like, the salary for the MP is literally for them to like go shopping. Because if you think about it, you get your you get expenses for your housing, right? Like a second home, but then you also get like you can basically have all your meals at Parliament if you want to. Like, you can come in for breakfast, come in for lunch, come in for say for dinner. Like one of our friends who works, who used to work at Parliament, basically said one of the House of Lords, uh, the guys in the Lords, is basically like, I think one of the restaurants is closed, and he was like, I always have my dinner at this restaurant, and it's like the one of the restaurants in the Houses of Parliament, and he just gets free dinner, and it's like really nice dinner. So you don't actually have to like pay for that much if you think about it. Like you're getting all your basic needs catered for. I'm sure they could even take a shower at work if they wanted to in the morning. Like it's not even like they, you could basically live your like do most of your life at work. Um. 
so it's just like it's really and it's so tone deaf in a in a situation where people have lost so many like so many people have lost their jobs or have been furloughed to be like oh like it's really hard for us to not be able to have a second job that earns like a couple hundred grand but then having said that I was thinking about like my own profession and how like I feel like every profession feels like they're underpaid as in most professions, apart from maybe like influencers, I don't know, is that a profession? But like, I mean, it is a profession, but they probably don't feel it. But like, I feel like most professions feel like they don't get paid enough for what they do. And it's everything's on a spectrum. So I don't know if you guys have ever put your salary into the like, the calculated thing online, which can tell you like how much you earn compared to a lot of the other people in the country. Or like what your I household income is. I haven't, no. But I know what the so median, I, I, was, I know what the median is. It's like twenty eight grand. Yeah. So like it's kind of like doing it was quite like mm, okay. Like compared to a lot of people, you're. I'm still like doing. I knew. Well, I knew. I knew. I was compared to a lot of people. I was doing like fine, but you don't realize how how skewed it is in terms of wages. Like how many people are on like really, really, really low wages. And how being on 80 grand puts you like, is it top 5%? Maybe even more than that. It's top five, definitely. Yeah, like any top 5% of the country. Yeah, and, and I've, I've, but I think that for the MPs, that's the, that's the problem with them. They're way, too out of, they're way too out of touch with, especially Tory MPs are way too out of touch. But that's, that's not by accident, that's by design. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be that way. Because in order for them big business have access to them because like when people like when they talk about second jobs it's not like they're really doing work per se like they're not doing work they are basically paid lobbyists like the dude who they they took the who vote was literally a paid lobbyist yeah paid lobbyist and then they, they did the vote and they acquitted him or they tried to change the rules and then literally rode back on it a day later but it's just the problem is with with what's happened i think people's thinking is so it's just it's not up there enough to really be critically to critically think about all this stuff and think okay if, th- if this party is doing all of this stuff could are they probably the best choice for me a poor person are they probably looking out for my interests like logic and common sense will tell you no but feelings and motivations of like brexit and immigration and racism and and being in a poorer area and all those kind of things they all roll up into and british exceptions and they all roll up into conservative parties and so that outweighs huh no i don't think it's even that i think it's uh, this is i listened to um no name um song and she was like how you like how you bring billionaires when you're as broke as a bus and it's like every man has an aspiration that they're one day going to be that rich so they're not actually even voting for their current self they're voting for their future self future self yeah which is just what it's like when people defend Elon Musk for like, I don't know, ripping out of Bernie Sanders or something. It's like, dude, like Bernie Sanders is fighting for the little man. He's fighting for you. Elon Musk cares about himself. Yeah, but they, they think of themselves as a potential big man. As a potential big man. Most, most of you are still going to be driving, like beating brokers of us at the end of your life. Like that's just the reality of the world you live in. Sorry. So it makes more sense to fight for yourself as a future little man than it is to fight for yourself as a future big man. Because at the end of the day, the likelihood is, the odds are we can't all be billionaires. We can't not, the, by definition of a billionaire, we can't not even 5% of us can be billionaires. 
So mm. it just, it's very pointless to defend something that you're likely never going to be and nobody knows ever going to be. Yeah, it's, 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 sad what's, it's sad what's going on, but I just feel that that's the state of, based off, you know, things like social, like social media and your echo chambers and stuff, that's the way things like most likely are going to stay until people find a way to break out of their echo chambers and, and work out how to critically think again. Like, I feel like the answer is education, schools and like critical thinking, but we have a whole heap of adults now who don't know how to vote properly. I don't think it's that. I think I think what like what Tino is saying about social media actually is actually we need to like break the breakup of social media. Like I think the the social media is just really it definitely feeds you according to your algorithm. And I've noticed even just being off Twitter, being able to actually see things more. Like I just feel like I don't know if that sounds really silly, but almost like I've been a bit more like open my eyes a bit to things because I'm just not being constantly fed a certain stream of opinions from a certain group of people. Yeah. And I just yeah, I think the breakup of social media companies like Facebook shouldn't be allowed to control Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. That's just completely wrong. Yeah. And I feel I feel like it's a difficult one then because there have definitely been benefits. I think social media has had benefits in terms of that ability to connect people with a broader range. There are so many uh, opportunities I've been able to provide. So like all of our Black History Month calendar that just went by this year, uh, I think I brought in Shomacita to do a... uh, mental health talked uh, for our kids day i had richie brave speaking i had um who else came on the day uh, ruth oh wow i forgot satoye ruth satoye um on a panel event with our ceo uh at this last event and, and all of those connections have come about because of social media right couldn't have had those otherwise however like you say you know, actually, I think my my complaints with it are multiple. One, I think there is definitely a problem with companies like Facebook being able to just buy up several because, again, they're able to... I think they go from reflecting the conversation to directing it, and I think that's a problem. Um, but equally, yeah, the loss of nuance in our conversation, the loss of that requirement to think critically in order to progress um because you you've seen it on the least least important scale you get people like sideman and zz mills caught in controversy on the worst end you get people like katie hopkins lawrence fox um candice it's not Braithwaite, Candice Owens. Candice Braithwaite. Um, yeah, I was like, Decent, mm, no, Candice Braithwaite is a wonderful person. Yeah. No, she's 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 the she's the mummy, mummy blogger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Um, and, and all of those people who have come up because they know you don't need to do much work to get a platform. Um, well, you know, I, I underplay that, but you don't need to do the same amount of 
work with critical thinking to get a platform. Um, and I actually don't put the blame on individuals. I agree that there is less information out there for them to be better educated and make the choices they need to. Um, I think I was talking to Ray, Rachel about it yesterday. I think the requirement needs to be on the representatives. So particularly around honesty. I've been saying this since uh, Brexit. This whole conversation and the, the kind of descent into what we have now has come as a result of a removal of the importance of honesty in represent uh, in representatives and elected officials because if you know you don't need to be honest all you have to do is say what people want to hear in the moment with there being no consequences for mm. previous positions previous promises made i mean prime example being the um the the leads to manchester high-speed rail right yeah. i think there was the interview of the bbc it was victoria derbyshire on the bbc um who was interviewing another conservative mp saying has boris lied or do the people of the north have a right to be disappointed in or feel like they've been lied to by the prime minister and she said well actually no there's no need for them to be disappointed because what we have promised is a uh, is a system like no other and that is what we will deliver and for the first time victoria derbyshire actually i think her team and um, her production team turned down the volume like they muted the uh tory mp who was in really? the in the vox pot and victoria derbyshire clearly quoted what boris johnson had said before they brought her back in but obviously the, the MP didn't even know that she'd been muted. So she was just talking on video, but no audio was coming through. So the fact-checking was happening live. I love that. Hmm. But, and that's what we need more of. Yeah, we need more of that so that people can just hear the... Honestly. Hear, hear the truth, yeah. And I think that's that's a lot of the stuff that's been... Well, there's so many conspiracies. There's so much misinformation out there. And I feel like... Through so and that's the thing if you have the right lens on social media if you know how to work it you can make great connections you can um you can find out you know you can listen to great music like have great conversations educate yourself hear different perspectives but most people most of us are not using social media like that and so i probably encourage everyone to be honest who's listening to this come off social media for a bit at some point you're like just take a month out and just don't have it and develop a healthier relationship with it on you know on the back end and if you're on something like say a twitter like really and or facebook really take a back step like because those are probably the most toxic i would say for me, maybe just me personally my instagram is the least toxic because i think it's just like because it's not there's not people chatting as much nonsense because you can't really as much I mean, you can obviously do videos and stuff, but really like Twitter and and Facebook where you can write loads of stuff is really where a lot of toxicity is. I'm not saying don't take time off Instagram as well. Do because I'm realistic expectations and body image and all that kind of stuff too. But I would recommend taking some time out of social media. I think at this point we've all done it and we've all can speak to the benefits. It's probably something I, I reckon we'll all do more regularly, but yeah. 
Speaking of um, conspiracy theories, I got my COVID booster jab today. Is it? I didn't realise mm-hmm. we were allowed to get it. I'm a healthcare worker. Oh, swear. The rest of you, you scum on us. <laughs> I oh, swear. Wow. <laughs> Lucky for some. I would love to get I would love to get mine, but... Well, when did you? If you, you is, I don't know. Is everyone, no, it's not. I think it, they're rolling out by like age, aren't they? Again, yeah, they're rolling out by age. So I don't think I can. Um, yeah. You see, in Austria, they're making mandatory. Uh, oh yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What do you guys think about the whole mandatory jobs oh, for NHS workers? Do you want to ask this question? Yeah, because um, this is probably the best um, lineup of the pod to do it. Mand- mandatory jobs. Probably, We've all been vaxxed, so we're not coming from a like. Uh, so I I don't think making I don't think making them mandatory uh, is a good strategy, but I can understand why it can feel necessary if they're looking at okay from the population we have this is the challenges. The reason why I say I don't think it's a good strategy is even even till now, right? There are all these, all the, I think we're going through the immunization schedule for, for the little one. And we were reminded after we, I think, gave him the BC, he, we took him for his appointment for the BCG, but um, was that all of them are still optional? Like everything is still a choice. And I think the better strategy from my perspective is always going to be information over conscription. But interesting. Cool. Harry, you, you seem like you disagree or are you are you still getting are you still getting flashbacks from the last time you had an opinion on Rexus? <laughs> Do you know what? it's because yeah this whole vaccine conversation I'm just I'm just tired I'm tired of it at this point I'm really tired um but what I would say is I understand exactly why Austria are doing it and I get it I, I think it I think to be honest from, from my perspective just I just want to wait and see how it works if if more and more people get vaccinated for me then it was a success. If they don't, then it, was, it wasn't the right decision. But I think they won't know until they try. Like, the only reason I say that is because I think when it comes to information, I don't know that people aren't getting vaccinated for lack of information. This is about, I think it's more about feelings and what people think to be the truth and what they feel and what they're scared of rather than like a, based on, these facts here, 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 and here. This is why I hold the, the opinion that I have. I think it's more of a fear. Basically. I think it's similar to something like Brexit. I think it's similar to a lot of different things where it's just, it's a fear and it's like not necessarily based on, I have these concrete facts that I know to be true. It's more that I have seen, like I, I had a preconceived fear and then it was confirmed by a couple of things I read. From the conversations I've had, that's more, that's more what I've heard. So I feel like if it, helps people to get vaccinated if 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 it causes more and more people to get vaccinated then great because mandatory doesn't mean they're going to sit you down and stick it in your arm that's not what they're saying it's just that you'll get fined if you don't and maybe jailed and i think they said maybe 
maybe jail time, which seems excessive to me. I don't think it should. Be, I don't think jail should be involved. Personally, yeah. I think it should be fined. If if they're gonna if they're gonna do it, I don't think you should go to jail for it. But I think fines, sure. But I think even now, I mean, it's gonna be controversial what they're doing anyways because they're they're locking down people who aren't vaccinated. So that's and a then, controversial thing, which unfortunately I agree with. But that's just, yeah. yeah. So, so hold on, let me just get clear. In Austria, what they're doing is because I knew they I knew they were doing like a lockdown. But, but it's not like a it's you're not it's not compulsory to be vaccinated. It's just like if you're unvaccinated, you should be in lockdown, right? Yeah. So like basically, stage one is unvaccinated people are locked down. Vaccinated people can go out of the business. Unvaccinated people are in lockdown. Um, so you can go shops and like essentials, but basically that's it. But then on the other side of it as well, eventually they're going to introduce mandatory vaccines. I think at some point next year. Where, like, I don't know how they're going to do that because it's like you can't, you can't you, you're going to forcibly tie people down and vaccinate them. It's not no, really no, no, possible. That's, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's not you don't. It's not a force. Like even still, when people hear compulsive vaccinations, they are hearing I sit you down and I force you to get something in your in your. That's not what this is. It's just that they'll basically, if you don't get it, you're getting a fine. Oh, well, I think I don't know. I don't really. Hmm. Do you know my my problem with that is my problem with that is because actually, especially in countries like England and America, Austria might be a different situation, but I assume that actually there's definitely a strong tends to be a a stronger correlation between your level your level of education and your level of wealth, and also you being vaccinated. So I feel like the people who are going to be hit with the fines are probably going to be people who are poorer and who are less educated, and I. And to me, that makes me uncomfortable, especially if it was somewhere like England, where actually the people who are less likely to be vaccinated are poor, like poorer black black people, Asian people, who are already more at risk, who are already vulnerable, and who already don't have a lot of money. So to hit them with a fine for not being vaccinated, to me, is counterproductive, and it and I think we're in danger of reinforcing people's stereotypes, not stereotypes, conspiracy theories. Yeah. So the, the it's already happened. No. It's already this happened. Is, this, is, this has basically made it like the unvaccinated lockdown and this compulsive vaccination has made it that the are on steroid. They're completely on steroid. And I, I and, and I know it's like I, it's, the conspiracy theories are nuts, but putting myself in the shoes of somebody who's already a conspiracy theorist or a vaccine skeptic, it's now going to be on steroids. And also I feel like a lot of people who aren't vaccinated turn themselves into like martyrs, you know, it's like this special group and they're special and they're not vaccinated and, you know, they're not like the rest of the sheep. And I feel like when we kind of make it compulsory, we, um, we kind of give credence to this like special status that, you know, like they're not like everybody else and, um, they've not got this vaccine and they're not, you know, they're thinking for themselves and like, uh, you know, I feel like I, I just don't. I don't want to keep giving more fuel to that idea that there's that you, you not you know being vaccinated makes you some kind of free thinker or because it doesn't. Like it's just it just it just doesn't. And I I don't and I and I'm wary of you know giving fuel to that. On this, in the same for me, I think vaccine mandatory vaccinations for the general public. I think I'm opposed to that. Mandatory vaccines for healthcare workers. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was opposed to it. I feel like as time has gone on and more people have been vaccinated and we have more evidence, I feel like the excuses of people who aren't vaccinated now, who are healthcare workers, are now wearing thin. 
Like it's, you know, at the beginning you could say there wasn't enough evidence, not enough people being vaccinated. I'm waiting to see like more people being vaccinated before I feel comfortable with the idea. And I want it to be like at least a year or so before I get vaccinated. And for me, that that was reasonable. Do you know what I mean? Like I completely understand people saying that. I feel like the further we go along into this pandemic, those excuses are, are becoming less like... They wear thin. They wear thin now. It's less reasonable now. Like I'm... I'm I'm becoming less patient with those kind of excuses. I think they're a bit silly now. Um, but that's a, and, but my. Mm, I think it's tricky uh, because people. Mm. I'm talking about healthcare workers specifically because I feel oh, like healthcare yeah. workers. I have a higher standard and I expect a certain level of understanding of the evidence as well. And this is why, even when when you look at me and mandatory vaccines for NHS workers, it's not really targeted at doctors. Because like ninety five percent of us are vaccinated. I have not met a single doctor who's not vaccinated. I have, but continue. I mean, I know of I know of them, but I okay. mean, I haven't personally met. I've met people who weren't who haven't been vaccinated until recently, but I've not met a doctor who's like an anti vaxxer Do you know what I mean? Like, I've not personally met one. So there are the they, they we do have them amongst our ranks, but they're I few. Personally know a couple. <laughs> well, they're, they're they're quite few and far between. I would yeah, say, but I'd, honestly, like. And this is why even I didn't really want to talk about it because quite honestly, I would say it's maybe like 60, 40 of my the, my black friends that I know who are vaccinated. As in 60% are vaccinated, 40% aren't. Yeah, something like that. Like a lot um, of black people, like a lot of black people are not vaccinated, you know, like a lot. And when I, it, think I feel like if you were to bring it to Christians, yeah. like that number goes up even higher. Yeah, that goes up. I would say, to be honest, I'm not amongst my close friends. Among my close friends, I have a couple of people I'm vaccinated. Amongst my close friends, the vast, vast majority of my close friends are vaccinated. I would say maybe it's about 70, 30, I would say, from my close, close friends. But amongst the people that I know generally like in my wider circle, I would agree it might even be 50 50. But I know. I, yeah. I'm still like I, I love those people. I love all you guys who are not vaccinated. It's, it's not going to make me not say that I think it's ridiculous at this point. Not only do I think it's ridiculous, but I do also think it's an element of selfishness. That's my honest opinion. Yeah, like, I, 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 I think it's just doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean I don't think you're a great person. Other ways, but I do think there's an element of selfishness in this at this point. Yeah, well, I think it's just like the clearest evidence to me that this vaccine is safe is that white people, rich white people, decided to hoard it and decided to keep it all for themselves because they were so hell-bent on taking the vaccine like um, that's just what that's what it comes down and when you look at the the big net the big people who haven't been vaccinated majority of them are like the big names that haven't been vaccinated it's like nba like a couple nba stars and da, 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 da. you know you think most of these other people like white people are vaccinated it's not because they're sm- they're not smarter than us it's not anything to do there's not anything to do with that it's just that if it was like I just think if it was dangerous or in any way, in, in some way risky, rich white people would not be, they don't, they wouldn't be trying to get it. Like, and they wouldn't be trying to hoard it. That to me was my signal to be like, all right, cool. <laughs> it's fast. And just, and like history, obviously like history and science and all of that. But I'm just adding that as another thing. Like if it was that dangerous, these people are not taking it. But do we think it's going to be, do we think the mandatory vaccinations for NHS workers, when the people that you've spoken to, do you think people will take it or do you think people will just leave and try and find another job? Black people, I think black people will leave. Really? It's more likely that the, some of the white people will just take it. But if you, it's just, because honestly, like, would it, I have, that's why I don't really have too many conversations about vaccines because it's not, this is not a conversation about, 
facts don't matter to this thing anymore. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not nothing not about to do facts. with facts. It's literally got nothing to do with facts because I've had those. I've had factual conversations about vaccines at least ten times, and the arguments that were presented back are not. It's just nothing to do with facts. So there's no point having an argument on that. For me, it's just about love and just whatever. Like that's that's love <laughs> is the only way you're going to win someone round. So what that, what vaccine. really worries me though is if people I don't know if you should know if you do you know a lot of people who work for the NHS. I know I know a few, uh, including my including my mum. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, you know what? Actually, there's quite a few people in church. If I look back, yeah. Church that worries me a lot though. Like it deeply worries me if whole swathes of black people are going to lose their job over this. For our like generally for our community, like we we can't we can't afford that. Like a lot of these women who women who work in the NHS, a lot of them are single parents. Yeah, but at the end of the day, this is I think the way people like at the end of the day, if that's the choice you've made, it's the choice you've made. Everyone has to live with the consequences of their choice. I have to live with the consequences of my choice of taking a vaccine. You have to live with the consequences of your choice of not taking it. But I think the government needs like, to think more about like being responsible because I, I feel like what they're going to happen is make it mandatory and then when it comes to April if enough people have quit I feel like they'll, they'll walk it back and quite honestly you know I think they need to do I think they just need to open the borders and get them Eastern Europeans back <laughs> look alright when we voted for Brexit uh, <laughs> absolutely we said that we were closing the borders taking back our borders. sovereignty Getting back up our our Take back control, taking back our country. All right. So maybe maybe we've we've lost access to a lot of uh, markets, and as a result, prices have gone up across the board. Whether that's for used cars, general groceries, uh, the general ability to travel, you know. But we have got a black passport that kind of looks well. We've got a blue passport that looks a bit more black. But not like the BLM black, right? like like the good black. But luxury, luxury, luxury black. black, luxury black. No, yeah. I, I, honestly, and this is the only thing I say to people who are, who aren't taking the vaccine. I would just say at this point, you should start to have more compassion for people who vote Brexit or who voted Trump or X Y Z of the other things that you may not like, because essentially the way that you come to your viewpoints even if you don't like it are similar because they're going like from their perspective they have what they think are facts and they have decided that this is this is the best option and this is what's correct so you like you know with brexit you had all that you had the business people and the economists and whoever saying this is a bad idea economically because this winds up. And on the other side, you have people saying, we don't need an unelected superstate, blah, 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 whatever. People listen to that and they vote Brexit. I just don't think you have, I just don't think you, I think you should at least understand why they vote. Because on this, in the vaccine conversation, you have the scientists and the doctors, 99% of them all agreeing and saying X, Y, Z thing. And then you have the data which says, you're much not like you're much less likely to die if you take the vaccine and then you have your own opinion which is you're nervous blah, 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 which is fine you can have that but it's not based on 
the majority of scientific facts or whatever. So you should then be able to understand why people vote for Brexit or Trump or da, da, da. And then you can't necessarily be mad at those people, dog on those people for voting that way because you've, vote, you've used a similar logic to them to come to your own conclusion, I guess. But ultimately we all do that in, many, in different ways. Sure. They were, they were, they were, like in the little decisions we make. So for me, like, what, anyway, my main point of this conversation was I, I worry about what it means to the community if we have a mandatory vaccine that, uh, that a lot of us are committed to not taking. Like, I worry for what it means economically. I worry what it means for people's job prospects. I worry what it means to people's health, like, obviously. But, you know, for a lot of young people, they might catch COVID and actually be okay. Sure. So, like, health-wise, it might be okay. But if you're a fully trained nurse or, like, a midwife, in a job market that has already been squeezed because of Brexit and the pandemic, you're not just going to be able to just walk into another profession. Yeah. Which is just it's unfortunate, isn't it? But we are in a pandemic and I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I understand, yeah, I understand why people would, you know, feel upset about it. But at the end of the day, I don't know, this is just how life is happening. Life is happening like this. And I don't know, I will not be jumping on these protests for X, Y, Z. I have bigger things to protest about. Like, like no, this is not, this is not, my, anyone, you can fight for it, but this is, this will not be my fight, sorry. I have more. I feel like there are more pressing things to fight about. Like this is a choice and a decision and it's a choice you make, that's a consequence. Uh, there's other things where people don't have choices and they are unfairly penalized for it, regardless of them not having, I don't know, a choice in the matter. So I don't know. I just, yeah, it's just very tricky. And that's why I don't really want this because I don't want people to feel bad or feel like I, I think anti-vax people are stupid or well, it's nothing like that. It's just, I just, I just disagree. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Which, which should be okay. But in this, in this world, I don't know. It's like disagreeing or thinking someone, if I think someone's wrong or bad, like wrong or on a specific point, I don't know. It's just, especially with something like this, because it's someone's health is people are more sensitive and blah, blah, blah. Don't know and it's also like i understand because there's so many like conspiracy theories is a tricky thing because like there's so many things which like government or people do which are really bad so i understand why you would think certain things are conspiracy it's just that this one based on historical facts does not make sense what what conspiracy theory do you actually believe though huh what conspiracy theory do you actually believe mark is alive he's alive <laughs> he's alive Tupac, he's alive. <laughs> Tupac Shakur is alive. <laughs> no, I believe, um, I don't know, I'm sceptical about 9-11 just being completely, like, Ooh. I'm okay. sceptical about, it just, about it just being completely just a terrorist attack and US not having any sort of knowledge about it. I'm sceptical because it works so much in their favour. That's, the that's the reason I'm sceptical, because what they were able to do with the war on terror and their access to oil and Kim Saddam and the war in Iraq, like that just seems too great. 
and one thing I definitely don't believe is I definitely don't believe Jeff- Jeffrey Epstein was um would killed himself. It was he was very obviously murdered. Like it's just they didn't even try to cover it up. Well, just read the Wikipedia article. It's just the most ridiculous thing. Did you just quote Wikipedia? <laughs> As a credible as source. a primary source. Eh? <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry. This whole, okay. This this thing needs to stop about Wikipedia not. Harry's Harry's got his Harry's got his silver hat on. Has. Sorry. No, 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 no. Foil. No, 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 no. This whole thing about Wikipedia not being a credible source is is quite frankly, I think, is ridiculous. Because if you search now about Japan, you are not going to, uh, you're not going to a book. You are going to Wikipedia. That's a fact. If you want to know the demographics of Japan right now, you're not gonna go. You're not going to uh, uh, like um, some book about it. You're going to Wikipedia. That's what the majority of people do. And well, that's also, like saying the majority of people also go to Twitter for information. It doesn't mean it's a no, no, no. Source. But no, but Wikipedia, but Wikipedia sourced it. Is you can go and check the source. It's not like they can't. You, someone can't just write a Wikipedia article completely unfactually. Like I mean, they can, but then they will have no sources. Whereas the Jeffrey Epstein thing, I can go and check statements. Like if they've said this statement, there's a little three or four at the end of the, of the, the sentence and I can go and check it and make sure it's right. And make sure it's from a reputable source. So, okay, I Harry, mean, you I think, listen, think, you lot go, you lot go and read about Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey you know Epstein. what? Now he's protesting too much. That's all right. You can read your Wikipedia. Tunde, what's your conspiracy theory that you believe in? Uh... I, I actually, you know what? I actually think there's probably a little bit of truth in all of them. It's just about trying to work out which bit is the true bit and which bit is exaggerated. Because a lot of the, like, you think about it, a lot of the things that have started off as rumour, like the difference between conspiracy and rumour for me is just one of them doesn't die down. So... All I, all I think is, is rumours that would have started from somewhere. Obviously, I don't believe some of the ones like, uh, what was the one that came out this week? Not JFK, but one of the Kennedys was going to come back to life. Oh, Lord. Come back to Earth. That's not a conspiracy. That's a religious belief. No, no. One of the Kennedys? Like a former a former president who was assassinated is going to come back to life and is going to lead uh, lead the fight and reinstate Trump as president. So that was one of the ones that came out this week. Really so enjoyed it. So where's the truth to that? Huh? Where's the truth to it? <laughs> God, I'd like to hear this one. Kennedy, the Kennedy. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 oh my days I thought that's the worst one to start off with if you're saying that every conspiracy theory has a kernel of truth yeah exactly that's like the wildest <laughs> well the, the kernel of truth is that Trump will get re-elected that's the truth there we go see we found it okay fair enough yeah. it's just a random way to get to, to that kernel yeah it's a random theory. way to get to that point still <laughs> <laughs> like... you have to take the path less travelled alright people <laughs> You sheep. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think it's difficult with conspiracy because it's, I think the government do so many, like even the QAnon, I think I said this last time as well, the QAnon thing, I understand why people believe it because there is like paedophilia. There are like powerful people that do paedophilia, like that are into paedophilia. Like Jeffrey Epstein is proof of that. Like, you know, that's just a fact. 
but the problem is that they thought that Trump was the guy to save them. So that's where it all falls down. <laughs> and it's like this whole, the, I don't know, the satanic cabal of whatever. Like, I agree that there's probably, a, there's a lot of, there's some powerful people that are into pedophilia. I agree with that. That's, that's not, you can't debate that because it's been proven by Operation Utree over here and blah, blah, blah. But the, the jumps and leaps in this person called Q is just completely ridiculous. Don't forget Shaman. What's that? The, the Q the Q Shaman. The guy who's currently currently doing jail time. Jail what? time. Oh gosh. I think he got what four months? Yeah, these people are. I don't even want to talk about this really, but last thing I'll say, and I'd hate to end it this way, but Carl Rittenhouse was uh an aggravating moment, shall I say? Putting it lightly. Was it? No, wasn't it? You you seriously went into that, seeing the setup and didn't no no, I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna happen. When they when they let him pick his own jurors, I said, no, nah, that was well, not even before that. When the, the judge started berating the process, the, the prosecution, I said, no, nah, this thing's over. Yeah. It was, it, it, was, it, it was done from early. But they didn't pretend. That's the wickedest thing that they didn't even try to make it a fair trial. They just blatantly rigged it. It's just like, what is even the point? I don't want to end the podcast talking about white people. Okay. So to end the podcast. Sorry. What black, what black person can we... Um, what, no, I what? want to end the podcast on a, on a happy note. Can we... What's everybody wants for Christmas? Black supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> this is an African only. African. No, that's what I want. I want an Uma... I want only. a book of Umar Johnson quotes. That's what I want. <laughs> African <laughs> only. Like, I mean, um, I'm going to take the lead from uh, the Eloquently Say Nothing podcast and start uh, plugging. If anyone is looking for Christmas presents and you'd like Ankara style prints, Jeez. my wife, uh, if you search at the story oven, that's all one word, at the story oven. We'll put it in the uh, show notes. Uh, she's doing a Black Friday deal uh, this week. So you get £50 for a print that normally would be £70. She can turn any of your pictures or photos into prints. So check her out there. Uh, she also does other commissions. So feel free to send her a DM and ask if you don't want a print, but you want something else, maybe a canvas. Oh, and if we're plugging other Black people, I um, want to shout out my friend Abs, who does Black Girl Writers. Um, at Black Girl Writers on Twitter and Instagram, I want to say. Yeah. Exactly. Is it BLK or BLAC? Um, I think it's, oh gosh, hold on. I'm we'll put it, we'll, again, we'll put it in the show notes. But basically, we'll notes, yeah. if, you're, if you're a writer, you're a Black woman, you're trying to get yourself out there, hit her up. Oh, hit up the the um, the social media accounts because yeah. they work with a lot of like proper, like she works with like proper, like, like um, proper, agents. proper up in the game it's black girl writers b-l-k-g-i-r-l writers that's its own twitter it's just at black girl writers um yeah and got stunning review someone said i cannot recommend black girl writers enough they arrange mentoring and one-to-ones with agents authors and publishing professionals please check them out that's what so, i'm yeah. saying please do um plug i already know what i got for christmas um that's so sad. 
Do you know it's how not, you... I find that really sad though? Like, I no, no she might I... have asked though, she might have asked for what she No, I asked. No, it's not sad. I'll explain to you why it's not sad because like, I really wanted an advent calendar, oh, like nice. a one of those really like posh, like nice beauty advent calendars that are like super nice. And it, like every single day has a different like luxury beauty product in it. And so I know I got it because obviously it came to the house in a massive box for me to open on December the 1st. And because they all sell out, like within like a few days of them dropping. Okay. It had to, like, yeah, it had that's... to have it, like, and my, my boyfriend is, it was like, it kind of had to come to, to me. Okay. Do you know what I want so, for Christmas? I want more gigs. That's what I want for Christmas, more gigs. Plug, plug all the gigs. Plug all the yeah, gigs. Yeah, plug in the gigs. So at Between Worlds UK, go follow us. Um, we're going to be at Pizza Express next year, once at least, maybe twice. So, um, yeah, come check us out, man. We're, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Yeah, I know I'm biased, but it's actually a really great show. Phenomenal show. Everyone I've been to, I've not been to a Between Worlds show. But yeah, you're back in the, in the Rubik's days. <laughs> but yeah, the two more shows, you know, we're elevating. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, and also shout out to um, last thing I want to say, shout out to Nigel Farage who hit the high of having Kerry Katona on his uh, midweek um, show on GP News. <laughs> what? <laughs> when I when I saw he had Kerry Katona, I said, "Now nah, he's hit rock bottom." You can't go low. No, she's hit rock bottom. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, true. They both... Yeah. Could do better than that. Yeah, it's true. She probably could do better than that. But he was also <laughs> in that um that speak your, sing your dialects room or something like that. So... Nigel Farage? Yeah. Well, on Clubhouse? No, on Twitter Spaces. On Twitter Spaces. Farage is out Again? here in these streets. You see do you know what I really want for Christmas? Feed the world. Oh my God, Let stop it. Know stop it. Christmas time. I, <laughs> okay. That is literally, when I, I, that's the thing, I literally had never heard that song properly. I only heard Feed the World, the, the chorus. I never listened to the, the verses and I was like, wait, I think it's like we did, we talked about this. Verses are episodes, but really, like, really tragic. We have, and no. it is, hunt. I don't think I get this passionate about any song ever written. <laughs> this is the most offensive song. <laughs> it's, it is very offensive. It's, it's the most offensive song. Like, it's, it's, not even, it's not even a nice sentiment. Like, think about the other songs that are coming out around the time, right? The the live fades, the we are the world, we are the futures, all of them. And these men came and said... But tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. Fruh, that's man. Listen, that's fighting talk. That's actually fighting talk. <laughs> that's, 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 fighting the talk. Kind of, that's the kind of talk that makes you say, hey, meet me outside. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the meet me outside. For that, you can't you can't get an ick for someone saying that to them. Yeah, you have to meet, you have to meet them man outside. You have to meet band-aid, whatever the hell they're called. A hundred percent. Yeah, you have to meet them outside for that. That's egregious. He said that there won't be snow in Africa. You know, that's actually just, even on just a factually, factual basis, is factually incorrect. Because like, there's places in Africa where it snows. Doesn't matter. That's not the worst line. <laughs> where, nothing, where nothing ever grows, no rain or rivers flow. 
listen. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. listen. We have oh, to end the podcast there. Gonna, you're getting me heated now. Let's end the podcast because. Where does that say that? Oh, do you know what? They. Oh, yeah, that is. Oh, gosh. Nothing ever grows. It's like the breadbasket of the world. Bro. No, it's, it's the, no, it's the joke is white people who pillage our land saying nothing ever grows there. Are they nothing. Talking? No rain or rivers flow. Like no. the biggest bodies of water. You know I''m water. sorry, but. Actually, I don't know what the black artists at the time said, guys, but they should have. No, I'm sorry. They should have corned them for on that. A, on a geographical basis, just on basic geography that you learn in school, this is completely inaccurate. That's the word. That is, is offensive, but just on a basic, did you do GCSE geography level? This is so inaccurate. Nonsense. But the thing, the thing is, though, radios played this for time, and there's people listening no, to it feeling warm and fuzzy, like, yeah. Damn poor Africans, but we're doing something because we're listening to this song at Christmas every year. Like we we have made ourselves feel better because we've listened to this one song instead of doing anything to help. Apparently, this this barren desert wasteland of a continent. Nah, we don't want it if it's that sentiment. Sorry, forget it. Imagine no rain or rivers flow, but yeah, we all manage to be more hygienic than you people. Where you have rain and rivers all the time, you can't even wash your legs. Well, and on that happy note, tales from the plantation. Uh, you can find us on <laughs> Instagram at tales from the plantation, Twitter at plantation tales, Facebook tales from the plantation, we're across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, shout out to Apple Podcasts for you know what I'm saying the mention, fresh voices, obviously of Black History Month. Um, you can obviously find us there. Um, yeah, email us at tellsfromtheplantation at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, we are out. Peace. <laughs>